Welcome back to the Army of One podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Burlingame, joined as always by my co-host, Joe Marku. Joe, you're in a cabin. Cut it out. I Why are you a, living I, such a great life? Dude, it's it's awesome. <laughs> well, you know what? It's because I started off as an Army of One and I was able to grow my business and grow my people and grow my legion. So yeah, I get to, I'm still working. Let's not kid ourselves. This whole idea of a, it's a four hour work week is bullshit. <laughs> no such thing as a four-hour work week. Sorry, Tim Ferriss. I'm going to call you on your crap. Uh, I mean, unless, unless you're hard. a billionaire, <laughs> then, well, then you funny. can. Billionaires work their asses off. That's they true. all do. They all do. So let's not kid ourselves. And they do. They did that because they knew from each particular business that they were in, they knew exactly who their target market was. And so mm. I'm lucky enough to be able to work from here at a cabin that has great internet. I'm still putting in the time. I'm dogging in the yep. hours so that I can go out and enjoy my life when work is over. That means I'm going to go and fish. Dude, good segue. First of all, let me, <laughs> let me say that. Uh, so what's the topic today, you guys? As you know, if you've been following us for the last several episodes, this podcast, Army of One podcast, is built to serve the solopreneur. If you're wearing all the hats in your business, we're here to make sure that you aren't one trying to reinvent the wheel, struggle and, you know, sweat, blood, tears, unnecessary amounts into buckets that you don't really need to be uh, excreting. <laughs> that's a, that's a fun <laughs> word to say. Uh, things you don't need to be doing. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to be on your own island. We are here for you. Joe and I have over 40 years of sales and business ownership experience that we can contribute here. And this is all about just how do we take, you know, some shortcuts put the right work in and get the best results possible. All right, so with that aside, let's dive into today's topic, which is who is your target customer, which is in parentheses in your book, by the way. Well, who's your target, right? So who, who are we actively pursuing when it comes to your business? Now, here's the big problem. The big problem is this, that most entrepreneurs don't know their target audience. They don't have an avatar. They haven't done a few simple exercises that we're going to share today in order to discover their avatar. And the problem with that is that if you don't know who your target is, and then you go on social media, you start creating ads, you are potentially just borrowing cash and time on the wrong people, people that are going to waste your time. They're going to waste your energy. They're going to steal your energy. They're going to take your joy and they're going to cost you money. They are just pure and simple, going to cost you time, energy, effort, money, all of that. It's just not worth it versus if you have the right target audience, the people who are right for your service or your product, you will not waste any energy, any effort, any time. It's going to be enjoyable. Your joy will be there and cash will be there. They will pay gladly for your services. So if you're struggling with your potential customers or clients right now, chances are you're off base, you're off target. So Joe, what do we do if we don't know who that avatar is, who that Let's, target customer is? Let me, sh let me share with you a story of the mistakes that people make when they're looking to create an avatar. And by the way, this is some of the experienced businesses that I've worked with. Some of these people, they think that, the, oh yeah, you know what, I, I already know who I'm selling to. And then we do the exercise and they're like, oh my God, my staff don't Wrong. know who our customer is, or I yeah. didn't know who my yeah. customer is. So just remember, when you ask yourself, what is, what is it that I sell? And you answer what you sell is, then you ask, 
who do I sell it to? And if your answer mm-hmm. is everyone, the answer is no, it's not everyone. Incorrect. <laughs> do not tell me it's everyone. Yeah. Get specific. Don't say, well, I sell to men. Okay. That's about what, half of the kind planet. Of let's, let's, let's reduce that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I'll put it to you. I'll give you an example. We've got somebody who's in the dojo. Mm-hmm. When we ask him, hey, Jared, who do you sell to? He'll say, I sell to gay men between the ages of 35 and 45 who are single, looking mm-hmm. to be able to improve their health and look better naked. Well, he knows who his freaking target audience is. It's very specific. And that, and that so, so that might, if you're listening right now and you heard that and you're just like, holy, what, why so targeted? You know, what there's, <laughs> how, how many of those people could there be in the world? Well, the answer Millions. is a lot, a lot more than you need. You have to keep in mind the sheer volume of people available in the world. There's billions, right? And even if we just look within the States, there's hundreds of millions. North America, because you're not in the States, it's just one billion. There's a little bit more than a billion people in the world. That's right. (laughs) But, you know, if you look in like uh, Canada, the US, right? So there's hundreds of millions of people. And then we like, let's say you take out adults or you take out a female audience in this case of, of Jared, right? And he's not in the States. He's actually overseas, but he works remotely. So he can work with anybody. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, with that in mind, there's still hundreds of millions of people that fit your target audience. So let me ask you this. Can you serve a hundred million people? Can you serve a million people? Can you serve a hundred thousand people? Can you serve 10,000 people? Can you serve a thousand people? The answer is probably no. All the way down the line. Can you serve 100 people? Maybe. Maybe your target number of clients is actually 50. If you charge the right amount, it could be less than 50. And you'd we've be perfectly happy. We, we've had people in the bicycle retail business. And mm-hmm. I'm talking high-end bikes and the electric bike side, for example. For mm-hmm. them to have a uber successful business, it's a bike a day. They sell one bike a day, which Keeps is roughly 4K. Away. That's it. You sell yeah. a bike a day. You're crushing it. Yeah. So, you know, That's as it. a coach, as a fitness coach, come on, man. This if you had 50 clients that were paying you high ticket, you're, be you're making six figures. You're doing great. See, the problem is that most of us have been spoon-fed through, you know, just variable gurus and books and things like that that you need, you know, 100, 150, 1,000 clients. That it's it's a volume problem. And it's not a volume problem. It's actually the opposite of that. You know, if having high volume of clients is the problem, not the fact that you don't have, you don't want them. I can tell you as a, a business owner, previously a gym owner, um, I, I was striving for the magic number in, in a CrossFit gym, right? So in a CrossFit gym, your, your average uh, value per member was about 100, 150 bucks a month, right? If it was 200, you know, you were probably in like Colorado, LA, uh, DC, New York, right? So some higher ticket areas in the States. So if you're in those areas, you might be charging 200, 180, 200 bucks a month, whatever. Okay, cool. Um, but I was charging 150 was my like unlimited plan. And our goal was 150 clients at $150 per member. And if we achieved that, then we believed that we would be successful. The problem was as soon as you approached a certain threshold of membership, basically it was the capacity for which you had energy, time, staff, and space, uh, et cetera, you could only achieve a certain threshold of members. And for me, that was 85. 
So as soon as I hit 85, shit went south, right? What was the level of service at 86 that everybody else would get? It plummeted, right? So we could be offering a 10 out of 10 service up to 85. Once we broke that threshold, things would disconnect. Things would fall apart, right? Either it would be coaches overworked. Now I had to add a class. So they had to do too many classes. Then I'd have to Mm. jump in because they're overworked. If a coach goes on vacation now, it's a big problem because I have five, six classes a day, I think I had at the time. And it was seven days a week. We had to open up Sundays because we had too many people. Now I'm working on the weekend. I just lost my weekend time. That's not okay. And oh, our space. We don't have enough space. We were at initially we were at 2,500 square feet and we had to move to 4,500 square feet. So guess what? My rent just went up. So now my fixed cost has increased. So the problem we noticed was like, dude, we're chasing the wrong number. It's not the number of people I serve. It's the value of the member I serve. So we call that average revenue per member. So if you were chasing an average revenue per member of 100 to 150 bucks to 200 bucks, it's a losing battle. It's a lost cause. When we shifted to chasing an average value per member of 600 to $1,000, all of a sudden, game changer, right? All of a sudden, I didn't have to work. I worked. I ended up working for the last 18 months I owned the business one hour per month. Not per day, not per week, one hour a month. And my team got weekends off, right? Like nice. we were able to adjust the shifts. Uh, now I have my, my, um, my staff living better quality of life. They're getting paid more because we're charging more. It's more effective that way, right? So rather idea- than chasing that number, you chase the value of the memory. You got to know so who bad. you're selling to. You got to know who you're yes. selling to. So, so many people go into the business what you know let's just talk about the fitness business personal training gym business and whatnot and Mm -hmm. i'm telling everybody no you're not number one let's just (laughs) let's just dig into it okay and if you're a fitness coach people aren't buying your program they're buying you yeah buy people don't buy programs they buy the people first so you got to know the people that you want to sell to and communicate with and relate so that they can relate to you because they want Mm -hmm. what you have to offer so some people make the mistake by not knowing who their avatar, who their core customer, and AKA their core competency that they have to offer to that core customer. They don't know going in, and then they have yeah. to shift it because they realize, holy crap, I thought I was selling to a lot of men, but I'm realizing I, I sell to a lot of women over the age of 50. Yeah. Oh, what a surprise. Right. Meanwhile, you're trying to get college students in that, you know, it's like, no, you're, you could be 21 years old. Yeah your target audience is 55 and you don't know it. Yep. So just take, take heed, my friends, listen to what Jeff and I have to offer here, because we want you to really be clear in terms of who your customer avatar is, because then your social media and your advertising dollars, if you do spend the money on ads, will make mm-hmm. more sense and will be, even though the ad cost might even go up a little bit, the effectiveness is going to be significantly better. So do what Burley just talked about. Make sure your prices are in line so that you can be profitable, number one. Number two, let's talk about how do you figure out who your customer avatar is? So let's, yeah. just, let's, just, let's just go into it. If you, here, here are some stats that I want you to consider and write these mm-hmm. down. Okay, number one, how old are they? What's the age range of your client? Number two, is it male? Is it female? It could be both. You could have both men and women, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Be specific though, if because if, you, you, you might want to be able to 
a name to the person. Could you should. Be, you should make a name up. I, I kind of like that right. for an avatar to give it life, you know? And so my, my customer avatar, her name is Jane. She's mm -hmm. 42 years old. She has two kids. She's a single mom. She gets freedom, quote unquote, from the kids every other weekend. Like get specifics. Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, so go into that. Who, who is the client? Give them a name. How old are they? Are they, what's their relationship status in your mind? Just mm -hmm. give them specifics. Where do they live? Like, what is their postal code? What's their zip code? What's mm -hmm. the, this is one that people make, make a massive mistake with, and they don't, they don't put this in their, on their list. What is the total household income? So if they're married, the avatar is, <clears throat> well, I'm only dealing with wives or women that are in yeah. a relationship. Okay, that's fine. What's the total household income? Because in some cases, right. the double income is going to have a, a, an effect in terms of who is buying or how they are buying. Because mm -hmm. not everybody in, in the world of coupleship does what Shauna and I do. We each have our own bank accounts, and then we have a household account. Mm -hmm. Most pe I think people should be doing things that way. Most people don't do things that way. And we know that 70% of couples argue about money at least once a month. So, so yeah. that being the case, know your avatar is going to help you. What other statistics would you want to have on that, Jeff? Yeah, so I, I would, I would <laughs> say that you guys should get as granular with this as humanly possible because uh, it gives you a better understanding. And, and knowing all those things uh, will also help you target your ads better. Um, it'll help you understand who you're talking to and understanding who you're talking to helps you frame your social media content. So Joe and I have had discussions about this recently, right, Joe? It's, it's who am I talking to on my Instagram reels or on my TikToks? What am I saying? How am I getting the hook out there, right? Of like, hey, fit pros, you and I talked about, right? So it's like, hey, fit pros, uh, have you ever heard this objection at the end of a sales consultation, right? Or at the end of a, an intro? And it's Even being you know, spouse objection or whatever. Instead of saying pros, and I'm with you mm -hmm. because I've had people correct me on this. Instead of saying, hey, everybody, right. it's not everybody. It's, hey, you. So, hey, fit pro. I'm talking to one person. So the yeah. marketing needs to be to the one person. And I've, I've made this error before where, hey, everybody, it's Joe Marcu. No, no, no. Hey, it's Joe Marcu. I'm talking to one person. Or right. are you a fit pro? And I'm asking that question to the mm -hmm. one person. Now, there might be multiple people listening. I, I want to be able to hook that one person who's going, right. yeah, I'm a fit pro. I'm familiar with this problem. I can't handle an objection. I can't close a door worth my life, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. hey, we could help you with that. <laughs> exactly. So to, when, I, when I say get more granular with this, here's some of the questions that I would ask, right? So Joe started out. There's obviously the basic ones. And, and let me first preface this by saying, if you have clients right now, you might have this exact person within your business. So I want you to think about making a list with two sides. One side is gonna be who is happy to pay me money and slash who pays me the most money. And on the other side, and it's like a top five list, right? And on the other side of my clients, it's gonna be who brings me the most joy. So who makes me happy? Every time they walk in the building or every time I get on a Zoom call with them, I'm like, yes, it's Susie or Joy or Sally or whoever, right? So you might have them already. And if you do, 
like that, which means they're on both sides of that list, right? So they pay you a ton of money and they're super happy about it. And they never complain. They also bring you a lot of joy. Write down who that person is and that gives you a great starting point. The other option is that you create a list of questions and you answer them as honestly, transparently and the best of your abilities that you can. So you would start with, you know, uh, gender, right? So could be male, female, neutral, right? So we have like gender, we have age, age range, try not to be a wide age range. So you don't want to say like 20 to 75 years old, right? Oh my God. Try to narrow it down to a 10 to 15 year gap maximum. Max. So for me in my CrossFit gym, it was 35 to 40 for Joe and I right now. It's actually, it's actually pretty close to that. Or I'm sorry. I said 35 to 40, 35 to 50. That was my 15 year age range. Uh, for Joe and I, like in the dojo, it's, it's pretty much that, like we got mid thirties to mid forties, maybe. Yeah. I would say, you know, I, I think our, our, we would shift it by about five years from the Mm -hmm. 30 year old to 45. Right. Seeing a lot because because there's and I don't know if you've noticed this, there's a trend to some younger people that are getting into the coaching space and they need sure. your help. So sure. No, absolutely. Right. The question they is don't just, have the experience. The question is just if they're our avatar or not. Because oftentimes not. fresh out of college, I ain't got no cash. Just I, like at my CrossFit gym, I would create student memberships. I stopped. I stopped. If you're a fitness coach or pro space. right now. And you're going like, oh, $99 for the summer for my students will help them out. Why? Why? They're not good members. They don't show up. They can disrupt your classes. And this is sure I'm generalizing, but I see this in every CrossFit gym. And you got to remember, I worked at the biggest gym mentorship company in the world, and I've coached thousands of gyms. So if I've seen this a lot, it probably means it holds pretty true across the board. Young testosterone men, let me see. Do they like to break shit and make a lot of noise? Nah. Also, why are they paying less than your adult members? Right. Why are they paying less? They don't, they didn't do anything for you. Why are you discounting them and not your other members? That discredits your other members. You have benevolency organization? You're in business. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one thing if the other members want to create a pool for that and that they, they pay you to have this person be a member. Sure. Great. Different. Yep, totally different. Not the same. You, they do not deserve a discount over your other members. So don't do that to people. That's not okay. Miscon- That's viewed very negatively. Misconception of business, Jeff, is that the moment that you open a business, that people think you're rich. You're not. Okay. Oh, Let's I know. It's that. hilarious. Number, right? number one. Number number two is that you're not a benevolency organization, and time is mm-hmm. still by far the most valuable resource. So yep. know who your target is and attract and market to them. Exactly. Don't, All right. So we got, we got gender, we got age, we've got, you said household income, uh, relationship One. status. Do they have kids? If so, how many, how old are those kids? That makes a difference. Are they young? Are they you know, old enough to take care of themselves at home? Like, does this person have freedom or are you hopping on zoom calls and they're like nursing one baby and like, there's a screaming toddler behind them. Like, what are we dealing with here? A dog is um, yapping. Having, yeah. do they have pets? They have or pets. Not? That's a big deal. It's that is a valid step. Yeah. Education. What's their education level? Yeah. So are they uh, through high school? Do they get a college degree, bachelor's, master's, you know, graduate school, whatever? 
like you, you want to write that down as well. Um, what type of career do they have? Where do they work? Uh, do they work Yo. from home? Do they work at an office? Uh, you know, what kind of business do they work at? Do they commute for that? How far do they commute for that? Um, what kind of car do they drive since we're talking about commuting? Like what, sure. what vehicle do they drive? How many vehicles do they have to their household? Uh, what do they do for hobbies? What do they think is fun? Do they go hiking, mountain biking? Are they the outdoorsy type? Are they not the outdoorsy type? They just play video games. I don't know. Like whatever it is that they do, you need to track that as like their hobby. I'll tell you why. Uh, you need to find a way to connect with those people because let's say that you're, you're a fit bro. Every one of your members that is your avatar is like hardcore into mountain biking. There are mountain biking organizations all around the world and you could find one in your local vicinity and then you could supply for that group some sort of fitness seminar. So what if you went to them and he's like, hey guys, like, look, if you want to improve your cardiovascular endurance so that you can ride the longer trails without stopping constantly, I can help you with that. And then you okay. offer a seminar talking about that building aerobic and anaerobic capacities for mountain bikers anaerobic being how do i get up the steep hills and aerobic being how do i you know cruise through the flats right so you can cover that for them that offers a ton of value you'll sign people up from that group so knowing where your people go and what they do has value that is tangible because it can turn into clients and, and it doesn't cost a dollar to market to and that's the other thing somebody's got your customer mm -hmm. somebody else has your customer it's not no. a bad thing. It's a good thing. So the question then you have to ask yourself, and this is the question, where is my customer hanging out when they're not with me? Yep. What places of business or what hobbies and everything else? So for example, and this is, this is going to be controversial. I'll ask it anyways, because I like a little bit of controversy and it's this. How many people that are in the CrossFit world like to drink? F? Uh, the vast majority. The vast majority of <laughs> CrossFit and alcohol. So guess what? I mean, I'd be the first person to say, you get me to a fine wine store, count me in, man. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. So then- I, I'd I say it's more microbrews, but sure. Gauzy. God, Chaz, are you drinking water out of a wine bottle again? Or are you it. drinking wine out of a wine bottle? That was a bush can of beer. I love it. So here's the thing though, guys. Oh, this is the thing. I mean, there's, there, and there's nothing wrong with having a few drinks and whatnot. So then the yep. question becomes, am I marketing to the right people at the right, to the right place? Is my, where's my avatar hanging out? No. So it, a lot of people tend to forget, right? Hey, you know what? My avatar, what do they do for fun? What do they, what do they do to you know, decompress? It's right. not just, it's not just working out. Then they, what do they do when they're social? In their so, never mind where they are on on which app. I'm talking when they're actually pressing the flesh with other people in an environment where, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a bar. There could be other areas. And so, mm -hmm. think about that. What concerts? What kind of music do they like? Because all of this has an effect in terms of, especially if you're a brick and mortar gym, you need mm -hmm. you need to be able to, you know, I, I, I give the example. At Elite Performance, my buddy Fish had a certain amount of music, a certain music that he enjoyed. Customer Avatar didn't, didn't. they didn't necessarily enjoy it either. And so, yep. you know, sometimes it was like, and or the, or the playlist was the same. And it's like, dude, you've got to be able to change this up, yep. not for you, them. Yep. Like, if they're paying you 500 or 600 bucks a month, right. as people were at Elite, I'll tell you what, um, if they're asking for a different playlist, 
step up and give them a different playlist because you're going to keep what's your you just said it earlier what's the length of engagement right what's right. the average the, if you want to have a good arm you've got to make sure that they're happy and they keep coming back so yeah, yeah. i mean a, again if you if you are targeting them if you're speaking to them they're way more likely to you know pay what you're charging right now and 10x what you're charging right now that's where you can raise your rates. And I'll give you a hint too. If the current clientele that you're serving is demanding lower prices and discounts and things like that, guess what? That's not your client. Not your client. That's well, not maybe it your is, ideal but it's not client. the client we suggest for you. No way. It's, it's not your avatar and it's okay to fire them. I'll give you permission. Joe will give you permission. If you haven't uh, read the book Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz, go read it. Uh, it talks all about what we're talking about right now, knowing exactly who your target audience is and understanding the fact that there are good clients and bad clients. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're not a good fit for you and your business. That's okay. uh, they'd be a great fit from the for the gym down the street that is okay with charging 99 bucks a month, but you should not be okay with that because you will be broke and you will be very sad. Trust me. The, the, the other thing too is it's okay to repel the wrong client. Yeah. So we've got we've got, for example, we've got some fit coaches that we deal with where they mm -hmm. want people that are gonna be hardcore. And it's nothing but water, chicken and broccoli, no beer, no fun. Yeah. And that's fine. That's, that's their target audience, right? Mm -hmm. And we're helping them handle objections in that context. You've got other coaches where it's like, hey, listen, you know what? I, my client, I want the client who says, I want to be able to drink beer. I want to be able to eat pizza. And I want to be able to have fried foods. Mm -hmm. That's who they want. And we find the balance for them. Yeah. And they make that happen. And so, I mean... It's it's all out there. The question is, who's your customer? Yep. Who's your customer? I mean, think of what Lindsay and her team do in terms of their nutrition programming that they do for fitness, right? They help people, you know, re with with you know gastrointestinal issues. So they spe they specify. You know, uh, we've got some coaches where it's like, yeah, you know, we. I, I help people with Hashimoto's. I mean, that like it's with age, and this is Jane. She's got Hashimoto's. She's 40. She's, you know, married, three kids. I mean, bang, ba, bang, ba, bang, yeah. ba, bang, ba, bang. It's, that's the specifics that we want, we're talking about and looking for. What is that going to do for you, Jeff, in terms of when you put your marketing and or advertising or both on repeat to that avatar? What's going to happen in your business? Uh, well, number one, they'll actually listen. Uh, that's kind of a starting point. So when you generalize, when you, when you grab your megaphone guys and you climb up the mountain and then you shout from that mountain, I offer this, yes. nobody listens. It falls on deaf ears. It's too much. What do you mean? Where are my Too leaves? broad. So if you want somebody to engage with you on social media, one of the best things you can do is you can niche down. Once you niche down, you're now speaking directly to someone. Right. So for me, for example, I might say, mm. hey, if you've owned a gym or you own a gym currently and you are experiencing challenges with increasing your group membership and we're adding and selling high ticket services and you're sick and tired of hearing objections like I need to talk to my spouse. I need to think about this before I get started. Blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. If you're sick of that, if you're frustrated by that and you want to start closing more sales and building a better life for yourself and moving closer to personal wealth and freedom 
then you should come talk to us, right? And I could I, I go that route because that's where I come from, right? I was that person. So to me, that's my perfect avatar. It's like, I want to help that person, the struggling gym owner, the struggling personal trainer, right? Or as Joe and I have deemed like kind of the start, struggling fit pro, okay? So if I'm talking specifically to them, they're more likely to actually listen. If I'm scrolling blindly, I'm in, in the, the scroll zone on Instagram or TikTok, whatever, right? We're in the scroll zone. Welcome to the scroll zone. So I'm scrolling through and then all of a sudden, you know, my audio's on and like Joe jumps in there and he's like, hey, Fit Pros, are you sick of hearing? I need to talk to my spouse after you spent 45 minutes on an intro. Listen to this, right? Now I'm more likely to go like, oh yeah, I just heard that yesterday. And then I'll listen to Joe. I'll get some value out of it. I might respond, I might engage, I'll probably just like hit the like button or something. And then I might go try that. And let's say that I try that at my gym and now it works. Oh, what Joe said actually worked. Then I can go mm -hmm. back in and I can say, what else does Joe have to offer? That's and then it. I might message him, right? Do you see how this goes? Like now all of a sudden it's, it's, there's more engagements and engagement is the beginning of the relationship in the current social media world that we live in. Right. In so, terms yeah. of seven hours of it before people will typically book an appointment and or a call with you. That is the average amount of time that people will yeah. have to follow you, watch you, listen to you and engage with you before they decide yeah. to book. So guys, seven hours, you better be talking to that one person specifically. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You got to keep talking to them. So you can't just be like this video. Hey, fit pros, this video. Hey, single moms, this video. Yeah. Hey, dog walkers, you anonymous, whatever. Like I, it, you can't just keep shifting gears, pick your audience, stick to that audience. And, you know, to get there, do the avatar exercise we just talked about. Hopefully you got a grasp for like how granular we want you to go by all those questions I've randomly flew through. Um, you can ask those, you can ask different questions. My, my, I, I would say like my minimal for this is you need to ask roughly 20, 25 questions. Okay. So from, from gender to marital status to, you know, do they have kids or not car, they drive career, household income, blah, blah, blah. There's like five for you right there. You need 20 to 25 of those questions to nail it down. And then like Joe said, and I said, like, give them a name and then cater to that person. You now speak That's directly it. to Jane, right? And you know all about Jane. So you, you know what, what, what that helps with too, go ahead. I just changed my bio as we were talking. Yeah. Instead of helping people master objections, I realized I, I haven't been specific. So I put helping fit pros. There you Master go. Objections. Like that's exactly. it. It's on the Instagram bio. On the fly. I was on like, make sure you're not, fly, make sure you're not showing your password on video or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's my bio. Here's my password. Here's my uh, social security. Do you guys that's it. do social you security? You my avatar stealing my stuff? What's going on? <laughs> oh man. All right. So yeah, you guys homework for today is figure out who your avatar is, right? So ask all those questions. And benefit from that I was getting into as well is what's their problem, right? Or what we're going to talk about on the next episode, why are they here? Why are they the, here? The benefit to knowing who your client is, is that you discover what their problem is. And when you know what their problem is, you can not only speak directly to them, which is great and all, but you can problem agitate solve. Oh. And if I can PAS or problem agitate solve on social media, they're definitely going to pay attention because they want 
to relieve that pain. And I can't remember when this came up, Joe, but didn't recently we had a call with someone and we were talking about how, uh, I think it was our black belt call, right? We were talking about how it seems or it's been studied, proven that most people will make a purchase to alleviate pain. Right? Oh, yeah. More purchases are made to alleviate pain per se versus to pleasure. Ple yeah, versus like moving towards pleasure. So move away from pain, move to pleasure. Those are kind of the two directions you go when you're selling, especially high ticket services. But it would seem that more people would move would, would move away from pain versus move towards That's pleasure. And, and, and the and make a decision step, faster. Decision happens way faster when the pain is yeah. high as opposed to the pleasure possibility of pleasure being high it's just not a doesn't mean that you can't correlate mm -hmm. both and we talk about that and we will talk about that again uh, so yeah 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 that's that's perfect so once you can discover what their pain is you can talk about how you can help them alleviate that pain they're more likely to listen to you and move forward and i think you know fitness is a perfect example of like you know my confidence has been suffering for 10 years I need to lose this weight or I need to lose this weight because I'm on, you know, X amount of medications or, right. you know, my knees hurt or like uh, I was watching a recording with uh, Dr. John Tate, one of our members uh, in, in the SOS Dojo, and he sells uh, rejuvenative therapy and uh, um, uh, it's, it's more like occupational kind of therapy and, and minor surgery, right? Like he does. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll do, he'll do stem cell injections, for example. Yeah. And I mean, talk about a very niche market. This is where when somebody doesn't want to get into invasive surgeries, he's yep. the alternative to be able to go to first. And it's not cheap. Nope. However, it's very effective. It's proven. And he knows how to ask people the right questions and handle objections to grow his business. And he moves 100% of his clients away from pain. Like that, that's the whole purpose. So he, he can hit the nail on the head with going like, hey, are you sick of this knee pain? And do you want to make sure that this knee pain goes away before it's irreversible, aka in the next three months? So right. there's also a sense of urgency there. So just to give you guys some examples and a little bit of a teaser for next week's episode, um, end of the day, homework has been stated. Go find your avatar. Once you know that, again, the whole point of this podcast right now deep. is that you- Go deep. Yeah, we're digging deep deeper, in the right? exercise. You are following us through our book, The Army of One. And you are, if you're following along, if you're doing your homework, you're going to have massive, massive gains oh, and improvements in your business. So just do the homework, guys, right? So what's your avatar? Next week, we're going to figure out why the heck they're here and how you can help them. And then we're going to just keep moving along through the book. So thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe, drop a five-star review, share this episode with anybody you know who has a business, who deals in sales, which is vast majority of people in 2022. So we appreciate you guys so much for doing that. That helps us out a ton here at the show. All we want to do is reach and help as many people as humanly possible to achieve personal wealth and freedom for themselves. All right, Chaz, take us out. We'll see you guys next week.